The Sports Career Podcast, episode 222. What's it really take to pursue a career as a sports agent? Sports Achiever and thank you for taking the time to listening to this podcast episode this week. I'm your host Ed Bowers. My goal each week is to provide you an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career as a sports agent. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Now getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Jill McBride-Baxter. Jill is a sports law attorney who has represented coaches, athlete directors, UFC fighters and NFL players since 1988. Also, she is an author of Born to Be a Sports Agent and the podcast host of her own show called Representation Without Taxation. For that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Jill as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Jill will share her sports career journey and explain to you what it really takes to pursue a career as a sports agent. Jill, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please you share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? You know, I actually started being a sports agent in 1987. Okay, I was in my second year of law school, which was a long time ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and one of my dad's players was getting a contract with the um with the Los Angeles Rams. They were the Rams at the time. Um, they then moved and then now they're back in, in LA. But so he called me and he said, Hey, Gary's getting a contract. He needs help. He needs an agent. I'm like, dad, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't do that, but okay, well, let me figure it out. And I had just had, I was president of the sports law forum at my law school and I had just had Lee Steinberg come speak. And so I just called his office and I was like, Oh, who do you have to, what do you have to do to be an agent? And he said, well, let me give you to my assistant, which he did. And uh, I found out all you had to do is at that time, you just had to register with the NFL Players Association, pay money and go to a meeting. That was it. So I was like, okay. So I did. And that's really how I had my first client, NFL client. Okay. Now the industry has completely changed now. I mean, I have so many other different kinds of clients now than just football players. I have uh a wide array of coaches athletic directors media because everybody has representation now back then not even all the nfl players had representation it was just beginning really the union had just you know was really making i don't know how long the union had been in place at that point but you know it was just a completely different time and a different atmosphere than it is today i will be i will tell you that but that's how i got started in it now, I, I grew up in the business. My dad is a f- college football coach. My, and then later, I ended up marrying a college football coach. 
So I've been in this, this really honestly, which is why my book's called Born to be a Sports Agent. <laughs> I've been in it my whole life. Jill, I find this fascinating, but I've got to go back in time. There are a few areas I want to touch on really quickly. How have you found this mindset of figuring it out part of being in the sports industry, not just in football, but just for listeners who haven't started their career? A lot of it is figuring it out. Like you said, you're a second year law student. You had sort of no idea, but you took the initiative. So I want to talk about mindset and attitude. How important is that phrase? If you want to work in the sports industry, it's all about figuring it out. Yeah, I'm very into always staying ahead of what's going on. I don't necessarily follow the people in my industry. I actually follow the people not in my industry. They're doing marketing, podcasting, um, online courses, uh, what's going on in the world right now. And so, and, and it's one of the reasons why I started Sports Agent Academy because I didn't have a mentor, okay? I had to figure stuff out on my own. So I figure out where people are, they can go through my course, but then I call them right away and say, where are you in the process? And then I try to get them moving quicker along. Like right now, I think, Ed, esports is huge. And so I'm encouraging anybody that's going into the sports industry now, okay, you can represent professional athletes, that's great, but these esports uh, gamers, this is worldwide. It's the fastest sport going on. They need representation. They need to be, their, their name and likeness needs to be protected. They're all on Twitch. Um, I mean, it's, it's a whole other in, industry that's going really fast. Um, you know, I've represented UFC fighters. That was the hottest, like fastest growing sport at one time. I don't know that it is right now, but it was at one time. And so I did that too. So I really, I follow the trends because um, representation is very similar with each type of person. It's similar, but different, but you just got to figure out what you need to do in that particular, how, how do I help somebody who's, um, you know, a gamer? How do I do that? Okay. How, how do I represent a UFC fighter? Okay. This is, these are the things that here's the boxes you got to check. How do I represent a coach, which, you know, I'm, I've been, I've been in the football area my whole life. So representing coaches is kind of like, I, I really get that because I, I, I've lived it my whole life as a, as a child of a coach and a, and a spouse of a coach and being an attorney. So I really understand that industry really well. Um, so yeah, you just got to learn the industry, figure out what's needed and figure out what you're passionate about. I had one of my sports agent Academy students said he liked bowling. I said, well, represent professional bowlers then, you know, and NFL players and basketball players, if you want, whatever it is, but what you're going to find, see the NFL thing is very saturated. So getting in, the barrier to entry is, is, is difficult. Soccer might be like that in, your, in, in England, right? I mean, what do you think, Ed? Yeah, no, definitely. I think with regards to soccer, um, as you would call it, uh, just uh, absolutely. But if you go into like the niche of sports, like darts, like sports that aren't mainstream, as you say, it's finding that trend. Now, I want to get back to the fundamentals. I want to talk, because I've, I've spoke to different agents, different sports. And I have seen a sort of trend that from a, should we say, knowledge perspective, having that legal background has helped to being an agent. Could you just touch on that just for somebody listening in who are studying law, maybe nothing related to sports law, 
but how it can transcend. And even if you don't have a sports law, because I know agents who don't have any legal sort of background, they've hired somebody in with regards to agency. I just want to touch on this point, like you studying law, how's it supported you as an agent? I don't think I could operate the way I do without being a lawyer. Why? Because I'm negotiating contracts for people. And when I look at one word in the contract and go, if you keep that in, you're going to get paid for one month rather than three years. And this, this is really common. Somebody thinks they're signing a three-year deal. And then there's a little clause in there that the coach or is not paying attention to. And it says, if your head coach gets fired, you're only going to get paid for 30 days. Or your head coach leaves and takes another job and doesn't take you with them, you're only going to get paid for 30 days. And here this person is sitting there thinking that they have a three-year deal. No, they have a one-month deal to me, right? So there's things like that. And, and there's a lot of employment issues that come up when you're working with universities and coaches. Okay. With the NFL players, I'm protecting under the collective bargaining agreement. Well, the collective bargaining agreement is complicated and some of the words can be interpreted very differently. And if they get fined, you got to defend them. So let's say I have a player that's making minimum salary that gets fined like $15,000 because his socks aren't pulled up right. Well, there's a whole process in the NFL. You have to file it timely. You've got to defend them. And you can usually get the, the every, every time I have defended against a fine, I've got it down to like $500. Well, that's a huge difference. Well, I, in, in the process of my life, I have done other things. Like I was a, a district attorney. I have taught law. I have, I have done, I usually do two or three things. Okay. And then when the kids were little, I just did, just did sports law. But so I've done a lot of things in my life that helped me in, in my representation as, and, and, you know, just understanding that that word is a problem is, you know, you, you gotta, <laughs> it's hard without reading all the case law I did, I wouldn't even know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to jump in. Is that why with regards to having this sort of legal background, you can represent a soccer player, a NFL player, a musician, because it's the same principles from a skill set perspective, because it's the entertainment industry. That's why I'm trying to give people to, yeah. Yeah, when you're negotiating contracts and you're looking at the words in the contract, yes, everybody gets really caught up in the compensation, but a lot of times it's not that hard to figure out what somebody's worth in the market. What's difficult is the details. Because really, I want to know what the, what's the person getting paid when think when they're not getting along not when they are getting along you see because that's why you have a contract and so that's a really important part so if you don't go to law school and you want to be a sports agent you better have somebody in your group that's an attorney see that's my point yeah, yeah. sorry to butt in but that's where i there's like boutique agencies where they've got the lawyer expert then they've got someone yes. just good with the commercial brands, mm -hmm. with the endorsements. So I'm trying to paint a picture to the audience that if you don't have a law degree, you can still be involved in representation. Just make sure you've got that party of expertise that they know what they're talking about from a legal standpoint. And this touched my next point because we've talked about the do's. What are the don'ts when being a, a sports agent? Yeah, I have a webinar on this. It's called the five mistakes that a <laughs> sports agent can make. And people can also, you know, get that and watch it. But one of the biggest mistakes 
is people spending too much money to acquire a client, particularly with NFL players. Um, this doesn't happen with coaches or anything else, but they, there's an expectation. And I don't know if it's like that with football slash soccer in the UK, but, uh, they want you to pay for training. They want you to pay for housing and all this stuff. No, I am hired to negotiate your deal and protect you under the CBA. This is the process you have to go through. You have to be in shape. You have to get ready for the combine. And there's become this frenzy in our industry to get, to get the best player. You have to do this and this and this. No, you don't have to. Um, and I think, and, and, each year, only like a hundred and I think it's like 176 new players actually make it. So you see how that's not very many. And if you invest in the wrong guy, you could lose, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. It's a huge mistake. Uh, the second biggest mistake is not following the rules. In the United States, you have to be to represent an NFL player. You have to be registered with the NFL player union. You have to be registered in the state where you're recruiting a player. And you have to be registered with the compliance department at the university. Um, and it, yes, it takes time to do that each year. It's, but you have to do that. <laughs> okay, there's no. Um, and I think another thing is you got to understand who really is good enough and you need to ask the right people. A lot of people, well, I talked to their parents and the parent thinks they're really good. No, I want to know what the NFL scout thinks. I want to know what their college coach thinks. I want to know what the strength coach thinks at the college. I want to know, you know, anybody that I can talk to that has worked with this player for four years is who to me is the credible source um, because all parents love their children. Okay. And, and it's nothing against the parents. I get it. I'm a parent too. Right. I get it. We love our kids, but a parent telling me that their kid is a number one draft choice is going to no, no. I want to know what the general manager at the San Francisco 49ers thinks, you know what I mean? or the local scout. The more important people to know are the scouts that are going out and in and out of these schools that really have done the research on, on the players. They, and, you know. Amazing, look, I hope the audience is loving this as much as I am. And thank you so much, Jill, just painting this picture. Now we've talked about the don'ts, we've talked about the do's. Now I wanna talk about, should we say these soft skills. So it's all great that you've got the legal degree. It's all great that you've got the knowledge. I wanna talk about soft skills that have supported you working as an agent in the you know sports industry what soft skills have supported you reflecting right now yeah i think it's just really important to be constantly um networking with people but see i like people i, I mean i love going to the afca convention and seeing all the coaches i love going to the combine and seeing all the coaches but since I grew up in the industry, a lot of these people I've known for a long time, right? So it's great to get to see them. I always try to meet new people. Um, I also, you know, created a podcast. One of the reasons I created a podcast is so also I can interview my clients and then I can use that for, so, so they can share it with other people. Like let's say they're an expert on offense or defense or certain or a certain kind of player. And I'll talk to them about, okay, well, tell me how you got to where, where you are. And then I can share that with a general manager because it's the questions they don't ask 
that they want to know because there's they're they're researching you know hundreds and hundreds of players so if i can make their job easier i will um this year i used zoom i interviewed my players on zoom and then shared it with the teams and i thought that was effective so i stay up with and then i have online courses too um, I also use Slack as a great way to communicate with when you have a, a group of clients. I just, I just started that recently. So I stay up on what the trends are. Um, and I just like meeting new people. Hey, that's how we got connected on Twitter. Uh, that, I, I always like to share how I got connected to my special guest because it just shows it doesn't have to be in this conference setting. It can be done on social media. We got connected. Um, and I was really intrigued with regards to your website. And on that note, what inspired you to write your book, number one? And two, how, is, how important has your personal brand been on social media uh, as a tool to get yourself out there as an agent? I think, first of all, everybody should create their brand because you got to figure out why do you do what you do? I know why I do what I do. I want to protect people, be their advocate and their trusted advisor. I was the kid on the playground. If somebody was being mean to somebody else, I didn't like that, right? And I end up being a lawyer and I'm still protecting people and being an advocate and their trusted advisor. So that's really, and that's what my brand is. Okay. My brand represents who I am and why I do what I do. Okay. I think your second question, I guess you wanted to know why I created, why I wrote the book. Because I really do want to help people. I am an educator at heart too. I've actually taught at two different universities okay so and so i think it's really important to share what i've learned i really do i, I don't want to hide what i learned i want to share what i learned so the book is in three parts it's about how i grew up which there's lots of funny stories in there about that because you know i was a coach's kid i went i mean i went to practice went to every i, I was at a game or a practice my whole life okay and, you know, it was fun, but there was lots of funny things that happened along the way, especially with my dad. Okay. And then the second part is really about how I do it. It's, it's the nuts and bolts of, uh, you know, being a sports agent. And the third is, is some client stories, client stories that they would allow. <laughs> I had one client, no, Jill, don't talk about that. I'm like, okay, all right. I guess you won't be in the book then, <laughs> you know, but you know, so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how the book is broken into three parts. Yeah. And just lead into that. Could you talk about your academy? You've mentioned it really earlier that you didn't have a mentor when starting out. And already I've heard from your enthusiasm that this academy was built because you wanted to mentor others. Um, so could you talk about the academy in detail as well, if people are interested who are listening to you right now? Yeah, so Sports Agent Academy just takes you through a whole year process of how to represent a client. And then what I say to people, now I use an NFL player as the example and the NFL process. But what I say to people is just take that process and use it with any person that you're representing. Okay? It, it's because you start here you know, it teaches you step A, step B, step C, step three. And then, you know, things are going to change and you're going to have to do some problem solving because each client's going to have a different issue. And each, you know, something's going to come up that maybe is not in there. But if they get stuck, they can call me. And then I'll say, hey, I would do it this way. 
because that's what's so hard for people is they get stuck and they don't know what to do. Um, if I got stuck, I just had to figure it out or I'd call maybe like I'd call the NFL players union or I'd call another one of my agent friends. But the weird thing about agents is just what you're finding is they don't want to share their information. Like, Oh, this is some kind of big secret. Well, maybe it is, but okay, this is how I do it, you know, and then you may do it, do something slightly different based on what your why is and what you're passionate about. Jill, you're awesome. I, honestly, I'm so, this is so refreshing to hear. Seriously, like on my show, I don't have many agents just because of credibility. And I'm going to lead this to my next point really quickly. How important is credibility? You know, bear in mind, imagine a graduate wants to be an agent and then they go, well, what's next? Then they do read your book, do your course. In general, how important is it to build credibility if you want to pursue a career in what you've done? That makes sense. Yeah, you always have to be honest and upfront about everything. You really do. Because you got to understand if you're negotiating with a team, you're going to have to go back to that team with another client or the same client. Um, and I think it's important to figure out what your value system is. So when you get a client, your values align. Because if they don't, you're going to have a problem. Okay, so I'm really, you know, with, with, with clients, I try to figure out who are you, what do you represent, why do you do what you do? And then, hey, by the way, I'm about protection, advocacy, and trust. Do you value that? Because if you don't, we're going to, we're going to, it's not going to work. But I find that if you put your brand out there and you tell people who you are and why you do what you do, you'll attract the same kind of people. And I, I believe in that too, because, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to represent people that aren't honest either. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I'm, so, I'm feeling the vibes here and I hope the listener is too. I get do it? get it. And I, and again, yeah. really quickly, and thank you so much for this. This is, you see my big smile because like for me that why I do what I do is I want people to learn from the best. That was the reason why I started this podcast is people can listen and go, here's Jill. I've learned from her on the podcast. Here's the next step. So I hope you've got that. If you're listening in Jill, this has been a phenomenal chat, but out of interest, reflecting what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey looking back right now? I, I have enjoyed almost every one of my clients for different reasons. I love to travel. And I will tell you, when I represented um, my UFC fighter, we travel all over the world. It was a lot of fun, you know, and it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, we went to, we actually went to the UK. He fought in, uh, gosh, I forget the town, but there was a big fight in, in a town in, in the UK. Uh, we went to Abu, Abu Dhabi. My husband's like, please don't get arrested. <laughs> He was so afraid that I was going to say something because you know, <laughs> it was a completely different culture. It, it was really interesting. So I think that that was really a lot of fun. I love going to NFL games and watching my clients be successful. I love following my coaches and I have a lot of co coaches. Um, I have a coaches consulting package where they pay a flat fee rather than a percentage, which I changed that too because they didn't like it because if they were making a lot of money, they were paying too much. So I, everybody, everybody pays the same for the year. That's it. And so, you know, I, I again, I'm very into being fair. So I, I have liked, gosh, I've really enjoyed so many different aspects, but I enjoy the people. I think I really enjoy 
all the people I've met along the way and people I've been able to help. And um, yeah, that's, it's, it's been fun. I like what I do. Can you tell? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like I've too. worked a day in my life. Okay. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Look, Jill, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope the listeners too. I always like to finish with an inspirational question. You provided so much with regards to career guidance of being an agent, but imagine now somebody literally just graduated from college or maybe just finished their, um, their law degree or qualification. What is that next step? What three tips would you give to provide that next sort of milestone for them? Well, tip number one is you just got to find out, okay, which sport am I, am I going into? And then you got to figure out what those rules are. Okay. So with NFL players, you have to be certified with the NFL players union. You have to take a test. You have, you know, there's all these requirements and then you have to pay money and then you have to go to their meetings every year. And it's important because, you know, you got to, you got to learn the collective bargaining agreement and got to learn what the rules are. So first you got to decide you know, what are the rules in the industry you want to go into? Then follow those rules, obviously. Um, then you got to get a client. So I started with the client and then figured out the rules, right? But uh, I don't think that's the norm, okay? Client acquisition is probably the number one most difficult thing in this industry. Because there's more people that want to be in this industry than there are clients, all right? Which is a, why I say diversify, meaning don't just do one sport or one type of client. Because you just don't know the cycles are the same in the same sport. And if you diversify, it's why I have coaches, athletic directors, media, and you know professional athletes. Just a quick question. I just want to talk about this client. Out of interest, when you work with coaches and that UFC fighter, just for example, have you learned from being a bit a better agent with different clients in these, you know, different sports or different roles? I'm just intrigued um, if that makes sense. Or do you just treat them the same? Or have you learned something new with these different clients instead of just sticking to NFL as one option? Does that make sense? Representing a UFC fighter is completely different than representing an NFL player. Okay. The reason why is because the UFC is, wasn't as regulated. It was like the wild, wild West, right? Now it was regulated by, you know, Dana White and the Fertitta brothers who owned the UFC at the time. And you did have to go through the general counsel, but there wasn't a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement to protect those fighters. You know, they didn't have health insurance. Uh, you know, they had to have their own health insurance. Oh, really? And then there was no, they weren't employees. So there was no workers compensation possibilities. I mean, it was, you know, so it was a lot about endorsements and, but I just, I, I really, I was very concerned the whole time because I felt like they needed to be insured, but it was very expensive to get insurance for, let's say if they have a career ending injury or, you know, they'd been, you know, choked out way too many times, you know? They weren't very well protected. That concerned me. Um, so, so I think what the NFL players should appreciate is how much the union has protected them. And those union leaders throughout the years have been phenomenal in the NFL, in my opinion, and in the NBA and, you know, other sports too, and Major League Baseball. And so I feel like they were, you know, they've done such a good job understanding that the, the sport is dangerous and protecting them 
they're different. Like I said, like if I'm negotiating a contract with a university general counsel, that's much different than dealing with, you know, the general counsel of UFC. Awesome. Again, I'm like, like a student myself just now in this moment. So look, thank you so much out of interest. How can people interact with you on social media? Well, you can, okay. There's lots of ways to get a hold of me, right? You got a hold of me on Twitter. Um, and you're going to list my Twitter handle, right? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, all the links. Yes. And, and then I have my website, jillmcbridebaxter.com. I have a podcast called Representation Without Taxation. Um, I have the book, which you can order on Born to be a Sports Agent or on Amazon. Um, let's see. So Instagram, Twitter is probably where is probably where I'm the most active, I would say. I have a, a Facebook page, but I think more people your age, honestly, are on Twitter or, or Instagram. So if you just share with them my actual, it's agent underscore McBride Baxter, at least on Instagram. And then on Twitter, I think it's Jill underscore McBride Baxter, pretty sure. Awesome. Well, to all the listeners listening, all those links will be on my website, Relentless Blog Post. Jill, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks for having me, Ed. Wow. This is why I love podcasting, when I can speak to a special guest who just provides so much value. And I'm so grateful to have Jill as a special guest on the show. And I hope you enjoyed it as well, particularly now you've got a better understanding what it really takes to pursue a career as a sports agent. What I enjoyed the most learning from Jill, particularly being a sports agent, is this keyword, diversify, meaning with your clients. She explained it so well that despite she started through her roots, through her dad in the world of NFL or American football, I should say, she then pivoted by working with a range of clients with regards to really setting up her own business by working with coaches, working with UFC fighters. And what was lovely is how she explained sort of a little step-by-step process of, you know, the process is the same. There will always be elements when working with a client where you have to figure out what uh, is required within that particular um, client's needs. But a key point as well that I've learned from being an agent from Jill and other agents in the show is having the ability to really understand contracts and negotiate with them so look if you want more information about Jill without a doubt with regards to the show notes there'll be links to her uh, website her book her courses if this is the step you want to go next but with regards to your sports career development in general having this figure out mindset is so true like I can relate to this phrase myself with regards to my career journey and if you use this phrase to your career journey the less stress you have because a lot of the time working in the sports industry or pursuing a career in the sports industry a long period of time I've only got a five-year gig but I know Jill's got more than five years under her, her experience in the sports industry figuring out is part of the process with regards to solving problems. So on that note, if you've enjoyed this podcast, let me know at edbowers101 on Twitter and let me know your biggest takeaway. I'd love to hear you there. 
and I'd love to really engage with what you've learned in this session. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. I'll be really grateful. But on that note, apply what Jill said relating to this brilliant episode and take action today and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Jill said, whatever you want to do as a sports agent, it has to align with your why and your personal values to succeed in this role.